Welcome to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. So, hello. Welcome to Five Blossom Radio today. My name is Denise Richard, and we have a, a really... Um, very special podcast for you entitled Compassion and the Ugly Witch. Um, Our podcast is going to speak to the sensitive issue of compassion, obviously, but also the world of darkness and how the Five Blossom model uh, helps to engage a life of compassion. I'd like to remind our listeners that if you have any questions on the topic or 1-888-346-9141. You can also Facebook at Five Blossom Gatherings or Twitter at Fires of Compassion or LinkedIn, Denise Richard. So we're going to do a little recap, as we always do, just because our last podcast uh, spoke to something very delicate, which were the rights of the individual and the issue of spirituality. So this was uh, something that... Most most of us don't consider is that uh, we grow in a very delicate and very um, very unique way, and as we learn about who we are, uh, we actually come to an understanding of our relationship to the world around us. And last podcast spoke to the right to exist and the right to be who you are and the right to be able to hold compassion as a force of love and a force of spiritual grounding for you. So today we work with that issue of compassion and how this model allows for that way of evolution and a way of health that respects. We highlight the importance of heartfelt care and mindfulness in all processes that we go through, all processes of engagement. So as today's podcast looks to the issue of care, in other words, um, in, in the ways that aren't common, uh, as a person blossoms, as I just mentioned, into this world, and you start getting a bigger picture, it isn't easy. We manage the issue of health, and we manage the issue of our care, and we have, have to manage the issue of our needs in a very crazy and a mad world. And as I've said, to be able to do all that, I, I, I decided I would bring to you a medley of, of thoughts and good stories to help liven it up a little bit, make it more playful, and uh, show you the importance of your involvement and how we speak uh, to empowerment through compassion. So, as I mentioned again, I repeat myself, so those who have never um, listened in on a podcast before, uh, this model uh, touches the powerful issue of learning and how each of us learns through a way of practice as we're, you know, we learn to walk in practice, through practicing walking. We learn to talk through practicing and talking. So our learning model is a way of um, mimicking and a way of, of learning to be receptive uh, to the world around us. So what we're looking for is what enhances or what energizes or what inspires you or what protects you in that care, in the care, in your evolution, your growth. So 
we're looking to what gives meaning and what supports uh, your felt sense and instinct towards the understanding of care. So we want and need to learn about personal care. That's one of the first jobs we have. And we want to care for others. That's how we relate to the world. So if we look to have the knowledge and want to be supported in care, uh, we have to look at the question, what is care? So when asking, it's like, whoa, where do you go? What is care? So I open that space up. We want to have an open mind, and the answer doesn't always come right away. It's a personal answer. If you place your attention on the issue of learning that, the one thing that we will need to have is a sense of heart and a way of honoring and holding and supporting the reflection of that in a personal way. So I remember speaking of a story uh, maybe a few podcasts ago where uh, this very delicate little story, I come back to it because it's a pivotal point. It's a, I remember a simple experience. I've spoken of this before, as I said, and it, I was young. I was just learning, being involved in care of others, and I was learning of um, a, a specific kind of, of um, healing. I was learning about care, as I just said. It was a training, and I was being taught how to reclaim my felt sense or my natural awareness. We lose, we lose our, 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 our knowing, our deep knowing so early on because we have to, you know, learn all these different ways of being involved in the world. So here there's this program. I'm learning about my, you know, what is my felt sense? How do I learn natural awareness? And how do I work with the energetic care of my body? And, and how do I reflect that? And how do I hold the care for others? And in that training, in one particular practice session, uh, we were asked to observe and listen and, and apply a little bit of the practice and support for the other person. And in doing that, I had one of those really strong moments where everything slows down because I'm completely overwhelmed. And the overwhelm came because I was really sensitive to what I was feeling and registering and wanting to care for the other person before me. But I was so touched by the circumstances that I held no grounding. I was completely lost. And the client just sat there watching me because I was in silence. I was stopped. And I requested help and support from, from the instructor. It was a very tender moment as, you know, it's like, help, help. I don't know how to pr- proceed here with what you're asking me to do. And all the instructor did was looked at me and stared at me directly in the, you know, one of those deep gazes and said, please open your heart. And I burst into tears. And I just sat there feeling like, I, I wow, what a powerful moment. So here I am supposed to be helping (laughs) and I'm the one bawling my eyes out (laughs) because I have to learn how to care in this particular model. So it's not unusual to have that response over over decades. If I ask somebody to care and I ask that simple question to open the heart, most people go, "Uh, what? 
what? What are you asking me to do? And it's not unusual that it takes a moment of reflection to consider how do I practice that? How do I learn that upon need? So the first uh, thing we learn is how do we open? How do we feel? How do we empathize? And this is where the learning is strongest. So caring, what I'm trying to say, is a practice. And as a practice, it doesn't need actually any input. It's a way of awareness that involves an open heart. It's a way of engaging without harm. So the power of care is really emphasized here. What I had was a memory. I brought you a memory of caring. And it's an imprint. And like everything, uh, everything shifts towards the light of heart when that starts to happen. You have a very deep experience, but your journey there is set. If you follow that, the imprint, though it's not new, will continue to support me. So my heart opened, and I understood that if we share this work and how to support that kind of awakening and the care of others, the use of this power is for all. Now that's powerful. That's that's compassion. So the power of care for all is the way of compassion. That's the way that this model works. And the natural imprint of that is within all of us. And it's a sensitive light that needs tending. In compassionate care, we look to how this will grow in a way of heart without interference. So like all qualities of heart, and this is a very a strong, I, I've thought about this, and like all qualities of heart, compassion to me is absolutely mysterious. Compassionate action can penetrate impossible situations. In my view, the, the impossible can happen when compassion is held and practiced. And where rigid, really strong states of mind or debilitating, like just the most debilitating loss, have staked the strongest hold on you, compassion will defy that, the logic, and compassion will help men, that broken heart, simply because it asks nothing more than the right to exist. That's all it is, is the, its existence and its, and its most basic right for every human individual. It's a spiritual right. So I reflected that last week in my podcast, as that is the, is the holding, is the envelope. So it's a good question. How does compassion work in a world that isn't interested in kindness? When the need for this world is used, we have so much need in this world and only with your interest can this change. Only with your interest can this change. If I engage my interest, it's because I'm willing. If you engage your interest, it's because you're willing. So this is a question from those who suffer and can't seem to find the door. As I would say, the compassionate way is presented and chosen. So I present it to you and I ask that you consider how we're going to work with this. I remember looking and I remember seeking and I do remember needing something to ease and open my heart. And in choosing this, 
the gift came. And that was the opening of my door. So I chose and I had to wait. And as time came, there's, there are many ways to do this work. And that's, you know, what is the best way for you? So I offered, I was offered a way of practice. And, and that work developed my, a bigger interest in compassionate care. And my life softened. The issues cleared. And I knew that I was on the right path for myself. And that is, again, the birth of fires of compassion and the light of compassion. So in making this choice to not harm and to keep this path, I decided to write. That was one of the areas that helped me develop compassion because I came to an understanding when you get these big, 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 big bites of life, that tell you that everything has to stop again and you don't know what's going on. Why do caring people get harmed and why are, why are things not the way I want it? Then you stop and observe and look through a compassionate view and, and you'll start to have a dialogue with life. So I did that, wrote this. Um, I extended the understanding by deciding to exercise that door and wrote the book Love and Impasse. I wrote this about eight years ago, or nine years ago now. Anyways, um, and what it does is it looks at the big, the big bites, the big, the big moments, the big transitions, and the, the way the heart um, can can really be touched uh, to to, consi- to consider different possibilities. And it's a, it's not an easy passage, um, but the writing was a process. That became my practice, my compassionate practice, and it kept me focused on something of value. It taught how I could hold compassion when things were difficult. So that was one of the processes. So this helped me continue my work in the care of others, and the book supported my vision for nonviolence. It also supported my vision for compassionate practice. So in opening to you today, I'm going to show you... um, a little bit about how the book had three areas and how the book uh, had many areas, but there are three areas in the book that I'm going to highlight and I'm going to bring in a few ideas that help play with all this that I've just spoken and see if you can enjoy yourself. So what I'm going to highlight here is that in um, there the three areas in the book that were important that pertain to this podcast today are the area of seeking compassion so when you look for it for yourself, when you're looking for it for others, when you're trying to understand a world that isn't conforming to a value that you think is absolutely necessity. Also, looking at the world and wondering why is it not the way I want it? And then the third area is spiritual care. So those three areas I'm going to touch on. And I'm going to bring other things within that to show you a medley of ideas or ways that you can consider compassionate care when things get really, really difficult. So when we write and are taken into the process of growth, we don't have a view of the outcome. That makes sense? You, don't, you, you may think you know where you're going, but until life brings you there, you don't know. So we may think we have an idea of where we're going, but don't have a grounding until it's given to you. So I chose a way that was kind and recognized in the process of writing. What we engage 
when we're doing that is we op- we have the opportunity to engage a cycle of learning. So this learning is how you personally discover. And to make it interesting and fun, what I'm going to do is hold the view of a child. So we're going to do some, some work here. Children play. And in order to help children engage the world, we give them fairy tales. We give them storybooks. But it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. It's a heartfelt sense you're giving so that they can find a way of caring for the world and for themselves. Well, today we're going to do something similar. And we're going to, I'm going to work uh, with a children's story, Snow White. Now, it's a story that's common. We've been seeing this come around for decades. And as a children's book is full of real life issues, it doesn't need to make sense. So this story has been told in many ways. And I see it as significant because it keeps recurring and it has meaning and it teaches a good lesson. So who is Snow White and what are the poisons that she has to manage? So when we come to the world with lots of good intention, I really want to do good in this world and have to meet the pain of the world. It's often way, way too much for people who have a compassionate view. A caring person will look at it and feel it's unbelievable. It's like a fairy tale. And if we accept that Snow White is you, and you want to be good, and you want to be in this world and do the best you can, and you have to meet the poisons... Those poisons are what we cannot admit, we can't ingest, and what we cannot integrate. So on average, a person will go through, let's say, three cycles of change in a life. And if the change is good, the person will say, okay, that's it, I'm good. But if the person is interested in change... As a subject, it will move on and go through many levels of healing. So what are the kinds of levels that we'll meet up are physical, emotional, mental, spiritual? Our view is opening up to a world that's much vaster. It has many more levels to it than ever before. I would understand that when Snow White was written, we weren't looking at all these levels. We might have intuited some of it, but today we can talk to this. So the issue of a poison is ancient. And we know that the world was only good if you could have food that would sustain you. That's the beginning. If you could eat, then you'd be well. So the issue here of food is on all levels. And health and how we see ourselves is the work of the podcast. So it's work we're doing today. So let's have some fun. So we know the story. We know that Snow White loses her mother and has to accept a stepmother who isn't kind. At the age of seven, showing promise of feminine beauty, things get really challenging for her. She has to ha- she has experiences that are horrible. She's asked to leave her life. She has to find a new home. She finds a home with dwarves, each a little unique. 
she has difficulties protecting herself and has many issues with her stepmother. She loses her grounding with life and is held in darkness. Anyone who goes through all that is likely to have a few issues. So if we take the three transitions that I mentioned earlier, seeking compassion, the world the way we want it, and spiritual care, and we start with the first one, okay? So you're looking at seeking compassion. So what is this? Who seeks? Those who want to do good. We want to be understood as a person who's good, and you want to help. You want the nature of this intuitive process, this potent practice. So the transition as a cycle from end to end, we go through, we hold compassion, we understand compassion, we have insight of compassion, we're accountable with compassion, and we protect ourselves and others in compassion, it's there. So you see that seeking compassion has many, many cycles or many aspects to it. So when she gets to see that she can't live in the world she has, she's given, she becomes a servant to the dwarves. And in becoming a servant, she holds a new way of accepting the circumstances. That's as best as she can do. This brings her protection, a holding of a certain energy, an understanding of what can be done. She's part of, She's gone part of the way. So then if we look at the transition, the world the way we want it, because she can't see the danger, her way isn't able to comprehend the misgiving of others. In her way of action, she's compelled to stay open, but she's without support. She's without protection because she has no insight into this world. She cannot come to resolution. So you see that the second part of the transition, she's not able to do more than she can do. She meets this world that she's in, but she's, she can't protect herself properly. Her compassionate nature is not enough. She's not developed enough in compassion. And then if we come to the third aspect, spiritual care, her way of work is kindness, we know that. But she can't function because she, the view isn't clear to her. She, she goes into a state of death because she doesn't have the means, but doesn't physically die. The, the tale says really clearly that she looks like she's still alive. It isn't her doing. The death is not her doing. She's held, and when seen, she's still perceived as alive. So she may look alive, but she can't do anything. So when we look at the five states of awareness and what takes her into the state of death is her inability to manage the poisons on any level. This is the teaching that brings the understanding of poison. She cannot manage the poison of envy. A primary issue with her life. Remember that the five states, spiritual, energetic, emotional, mental, and physical, by the time she can't physically move, she's gone through already four states. So spiritually, she gets to die because the witch envies her. Emotionally, she gets to die. She's not good enough. The witch will not allow her to live. 
mental she dies because she's she's sent away. She's 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 gone energetically. She can't breathe. She can't engage life, and physically, well, that apple gets stuck in her throat. Physically takes her out, and she's set out because she can't digest. This is why I wrote Love and Impasse. This kind of passage shows that if you look at the issue of spiritual care, Snow White is the feminine in all, and the dwarfs are a part of her. We can see that she cannot hear herself. They speak to her in danger, and she can't hold. She cannot. She's immature, and as shut, lives without boundaries. So most models for care give grounding and basic information that helps to relate to the whole. Like a cereal box, you know, children get to read the ingredients and makes the child aware of what's inside. Well, if we see Snow White as good, we can have a view that's heartfelt. But if we can't see her goodness, we can't have heart. And that's the same. That's for ourselves. So who can help here? Well, Snow White is taken to a place of holding. She awakens in a bigger way. She is seen and is held, and she sees herself because she is seen and championed. Well, what's that? A nobleman, grounded and compassionate. Most people go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, we're, we're feminists. We don't believe in that. And I'm going, wait a minute, hold on. Who's holding compassion for her? Who's understanding a compassionate situation? Who has insight as to what's going on? And who's accountable? Who's protecting her? She's seen and reflected by a community. As champion who connects her to life, she's given her breath again. So I'm going to take a break. We have a few, we have a lot more to go through, but we're going to look at how we deal with the poison, and we have a lot more information for you, and uh, looking forward to talking to you after the break. Any questions, you can come to one 346 9141 your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting FiveBlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Listening to Five Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1 888 346 9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5blossomgatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. So welcome back. This is Denise Richard at 5 Blossom Radio. And uh, we have a a very exciting podcast here. I'm talking about... um, Snow White. (laughs) I'm talking about Snow White, and we're talking about um, the poisons that she had to ingest, and we're talking about compassion, kindness, and how um, she's championed, and how everybody needs a champion, and um, we accept. We if if we can accept the care of others, and hope to never feel the envy of those who cannot care, we come to really understand the power of the compassionate practice. So how do we deal with the poisons? We're talking about here about how Snow White had to deal with the poison of envy and how it plays a big part in our consumer world. Envy is like a pride. It's like pride when, when unmanaged can drive our world into darkness. In most situations, the issue is silently dealt with. We seldom hear discourse or support on what to do when we feel envious or become the uh, the obvious (laughs) object of hate due to envy. So when we're young, the pain of envy is even more difficult as we don't have the grounding uh, to manage this. And this is the story of Snow White. That's why it was such a potent story because as children, we don't have an identity yet and wanting the world to be the way we want it uh, with that kind of poison, we can't manage it. So, Uh, we need support for the pain and uh, that we cannot manage. And being told this isn't for you, in other words, I don't want you here, is even more painful. So many suffer from, from this and many suffer from the lack of heart due to envy of others. So when Snow White is removed, this is removed from the world, um, it's, it's a very sad moment. She goes right into darkness. And this is, this is supported by the pain of, of envy. She's hidden away because her beauty is beyond. So this is the beauty of the young feminine. This is the heart of all of us. This is the sensing, breathing, um, caring part of us. So here we are, and, and I've supported young adults in community and have on many occasions witness this common issue. Um, living in a climate of consumer, consumerism has deafened us. Yeah, it's, very, it's been very hard for, for parents to, to manage and uh, building an identity with, uh, with, with a family, uh, finding support and, and nurturing health. Youth get really caught in the power play and, of envy and it's really hard to manage. In this particular situation, the discussion um, is about managing a dialogue with you or with a young person. This has happened on occasion where I have to witness an, a really unkind situation. And in this particular situation, I, I'll just, you know, it's a memory again, it's a story. I have to sense my way here because I'm sitting with a young person and I, I'm not 
too sure how to move because I know that the poison of envy is very, very dead. It's 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 vicious. And um, so I'm asking this young person, "How do you feel?" And all I get is a, you know, I'm not okay, and the silence, and and a few words saying, "Everybody's looking at me." And I'm asking, "What is that?" And the person says, "I feel ugly and I feel jealous." And no, there doesn't need to be words. It's such a deadening feeling. And, you know, asking, what's that? And all I could hear is really awful, really awful feeling inside. And then my next question, I remember really clearly asking, well, who's jealous? And the young boy says, the mean ones. This dialogue was between me and a young boy because he was being told that he wasn't good enough. So it's a common story in bullying. And it shows that the power of inquiry, just one little question, can open the mind and speak to the part of us that really, really can only say that it's really awful being part of a community that isn't compassionate. And it mirrors the play that Snow White had to go through. So when I wrote the book, I was talking about this kind of passage that adults and children go through. Love and impasse, that was a practice in thought. And it was written to describe a way of managing the experiences that are harmful. The process of holding compassion for yourself and for others during turbulent times can be seen and held in a very simple way. So that champion in that moment was me asking a question. And compassion doesn't ask of anything. So to develop an identity of care, let's come back to that now, when things are really tough, so whether it be care for yourself or care for another, to form a world of caring people when going through loss, I identify three passages. The passage, the first one I talked about was the seed of awakening. And this is the groundwork. Inside you, there's an impulse, an identity that's already formed, even though it may not, you may not know what it looks like. You may not have an expression of it yet, but it's there. And what we all want is to look, know that we are and want the ability to be and help with managing our world. So the playground here for growth is the world we live in. We all have the same environment. And the seed is the potential for something unseen to learn how to grow in identity. Snow White is the icon, as the icon, sorry, can only say yes. She demonstrates through her journey that she cannot care fully. And this offers us the opportunity to learn how the envy of others is toxic, yes. But it also is undigestible to the point that the light of being, so young, cannot engage. The conniving. So the seed of awakening is her lightheartedness and her compassionate beauty that cannot grow. So the second passage that I highlighted from the book was 
the dark night. She goes into the darkness. She goes into the darkness. And this isn't fun. However, Snow White cannot grow or cope. She's confronting something that's not in her alignment. And that's a typical thing. Kids have to do it. Adults have to do it. Through the story, Snow White has grown and she cannot work with the world or manage the poisons and she falls and is taken into darkness. I'm saying the same thing, but she's presented to the world in a glass coffin visibly and here is the state that we fall into if we don't know how to hold the sensitive practice of compassion through its different stages of development. So what is this? Well, how do we come to care when this type of thing happens? How much pain has she expected? The few isn't going to hold much for anyone. There is nothing to care for. It's a common state. So I'm repeating that. So she she can return without concern. What this implies is that the actions we take identify us, and when actions are considerate and kind, there is little pain. So she's the one who holds the care and kindness for others who could not have taken care of her before, and she is then able to awaken when the compassion of others comes to her. That's the real story. So in a more common term, we undertake a journey, and when the view is good, we feel that the choice was well-deserving. When we don't have the compassion, we become disillusioned with the world. So this stage of heart is known in darkness as the most important one in spiritual issues and spiritual care. So if, like Snow White, we come to deal with the stepmother and the poisonous envy, we can grow and live again. If she had been supported to hold against the poison and hold compassion in her life, she would have had the experience and understood it. She would have been fine. So most people would say, okay, so what do I do? I'm kind, but I can't know how to care. I need to know how to care. What do I do? And that's going to be a big piece for a lot of people because that's the journey for us. In the next podcast, I'm going to go through that very, very, very much in detail. I can talk, I'll talk a little bit today about that process and how Five Blossoms does mirror the, proc- the practice of learning compassion so that these experiences can be dealt with. So, If I think about my mind, how to hold a clarity that isn't ours, we have the support of others and to let us know that a way is good. So we have the way of mind is a way to open the mind and learn that if you do not know how to hold the mind, you can learn to hold the mind through the care of others. That's a teaching. That's a very common teaching, and I will talk again on the next podcast because it's too much to talk about just in and of itself about how we can do that, how to learn that. The way of heart, called compassion, is a formidable force, and it helps to disengage the pain of others. 
Believe it or not, that's how we do it. Remembering, having a vision that supports the way. So knowing how to create practice enough to how to remember what compassion feels like when you go, whoa, that was a biggie. I can't remember anything right now. That's a practice. That's part of five blossoms. And engaging the work in a process and having faith in the gradual cleansing. Okay, so you're bit by a bad bug. You're bit by the poison of envy. How do you clean it up? How do you transform it? That's practice. And then establishing a way of serving. Once you got that there are like all these different ways of practicing compassion, then you can actually go into a way of reconnecting and helping others with that. And that helps you sustain it and that helps you grow in the understanding of it because you have your personal experience, but boy, there's a lot of experience to be had out there. So the ways of being are expressed as natural care. Everything I just talked about, the way of holding the mind, the way of holding the heart, the way of remembering, the way of working in the transformation and the cleansing, and the way of establishing a service, a way of teaching it to your kids, a way of holding it in community, and a way of expressing it in a bigger context and holding it with others so that this kind of experience doesn't dislodge you or dislodge your community because it can destroy a community it can also destroy a nation so that's this is a, in a very good example of a way of relationship in caring creating a field of heart for all and this is the establishment of compassionate spiritual grounding i really love that i really love that 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 experience of holding it with others and enjoying it deeply, deeply enjoying the fact that you're that you're sharing community, kindness, and knowing that your heart is protected and that your experiences aren't going to destroy you, that people can help guide you. So the third passage in, in Love and Impasse that touches this journey journey I called it heartfelt revolution that's the taking responsibility that mirrors the establishing a little bit of service here when you get really good mentorship when somebody of heart really can step forward and say I've got you I understand you need care and you need to learn compassion and I can help by mirroring that to you it's the most valuable of moments because in caring, we learn more about ourselves. We learn about the world and we can steer the world. So the heartfelt revolution that I went through was understanding that the issues for everyone. Once I've come to understand that I have to learn how to care and have compassion and dislodge the envy or dislodge the poison, whatever that is that has touched you, learning to dislodge it from your being is about learning to hold the compassion for yourself and learning the practice of holding that. Then there's taking responsibility because sometimes you look at the person beside you who may have been the best mentor and maybe they're not holding it with you at the right level that you want it. It's like sometimes the world just doesn't conform to our to what we expect and if it doesn't 
and you have to hold it for them. That's a taller order. That's the responsible part. And that's the real stepping into being the change part. So we fall when we lose our way and the holding, and when we're held in darkness, if we can integrate the experience and come to life again, the way is taken and the experience moves us towards a way of discernment. The self feels greater. It's like we blossom. That's the biggest blossoming. The bigger self allows those who couldn't care. Why? Somebody couldn't care. At the time, you couldn't care for me, but I can still care for you. That's a strange thing to consider, and that's a very strong philosophy because that means that we aren't going to go all the way down. It means that I can actually recognize that there might be a way here of cleaning this up, and I will always hold to that. If the heart opens, there's always a way. So this inspires the journey to, to, to help those become the person that they want to be, holding humility and respect for others. At times we have the extra task of that greater responsibility. Ah, yeah, for awareness to take hold for everybody. And when we support this consciousness for everyone, then the, compa- the, the compassionate practice flows for all. We work on behalf of others. So those three passages I just spoke to show that the heart is the means through which we'll grow. And undoubtedly the pain of it will dissipate. The transitions explain that we can't meet the world through need alone. And we have to hold a greater wisdom. And this is the most important heart of all, that which is of old. The care that Snow White receives is the care of the community. Care from those who have the wisdom and heart. Her way is of beauty and nothing can remove it. Nobody has the, rem- the, the ability to remove that. So if the transition is easy, we discover that the world is with us and if it's not and it's not against us. But when the transition is really painful, we discover if we can care or not. That's a big one. So as children we're given to know that the connection is temporary. The attention span is short. <laughs> Same thing with adults. <laughs> we don't lose that. When you're getting when you get smacked around by life, your attention span doesn't hold the same value as if yeah, yeah. So how do we teach awareness and care? We teach it through demonstration. And demonstrating that a way of heart is important. It's at all levels. So identity here is experienced through care. A child can't develop an identity without care, and nor can an adult hold 
old, when you go through the big transitions of life into adulthood, into, into old age, into being a senior, into an elder, you need care. All of this needs care. So the identity that comes or that develops through caring is disturbed when those who do good deeds are harmed. So when good people are harmed, we suffer. So what's the antidote? Well, when managing the poisons in the world that isn't aware, the antidote, looking for a cure, isn't available. Heavy, eh? That's where the darkness hits. It's unrecognized because we're not aware. Because awareness and compassion are in the same field. So it's simply that the comfort we find in a view that isn't, that is painful, is the most powerful view that we have. So her story is one of loss, and her loss is mom, her loss is family, her loss is community, and this reflects an image that seems nonsensical, yet it holds loss. The story is an old fairy tale that isn't, that hasn't had much to say, but if I look at it, it speaks real loud to me. And when we look to understand, we think she just has to make to wake up. That's the most obvious. I read the story. Well, she's got to wake up. She's got to wake up. But she can't until she's properly held. The comfort is the holding of others in a way that is compassionate. So compassion here, I repeat, is the most mysterious power. And the action can penetrate everything. As I said, the most rigid states of mind, the most debilitating loss. It defies logic and can mend a broken heart simply because it asks nothing more than to exist. Basic right. So who's responsible? Everyone. What we protect when doing nothing is of consequence. The world... We see the issue over and over again in the world. Good people held against their will and supported to do nothing. Mm -hmm. So when care is the product of a journey that supports the health and healing of all, we gain the health of a nation. What Snow White shares is the understanding that each is responsible for the care of all and each is able to hold the way for others and to know that all the people involved in this work are those who want to share a way that is of care. So the antidote is a rhythm of heart, really. As compassion is formidable and working with it, can make a big difference. We sense our way and help others as we can. I think that's correct. I feel correct in that. If the work is good, we gain. So what I propose is a way of working that you can learn. And I hope that this issue will support a way of love for all. 
So all of that I've spoken of has been written in various ways. I'm sure you can find writings on it uh, and has been spoken through many traditions. The way of compassion in our next podcast, I'll deal with that in a various, in a different way and speak to the stages of development of compassion again and explore that with you. The five as I've I've mentioned, and how each of us learns through practice. You can look at that and consider, if you look at the book Love and Impasse, you can find it um, on Amazon.ca and .com. You can email fiveblossomgatherings at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at at Fires of Compassion. And then LinkedIn, Denise Richard. I want to say thank you for listening. And I hope that what I've shared with you today um, engages you to consider learning about compassion, working with compassion, and holding a compassionate view for others when things are tough. And understanding that it requires nothing, just to observe, exist, and be. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.